This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is AMI Audio Live, bringing community events closer to you. Welcome back to AMI Audio Live presentation of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament held here at the Madame Athletic Center, formerly known as Maple Leaf Gardens. We have another game for you coming up very soon, Canada East versus Canada West. I am currently joined by the Neutral Zone guys, Cam Jenkins and Brett Wills. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Oh, wow, man. Everything's uh, been a really good day so far, and uh, the, uh, the game earlier... Just uh, if that's what we're going to be uh, privy to the rest of the weekend, we are in for a treat. So for those uh, people who may not have been with us earlier, that is okay. I will give you a recap. Canada East won 3-1 to one over the United States earlier. And uh, Brett, you want to give us a rundown as to who scored and all that good stuff? The first goal was scored by Blake Stenicky. Team USA, about six minutes left in uh, in the first period on the power play. Uh, in the second period, Team Canada continued to pour it on as Wyatt Harvey uh, t- tied it up for Team Canada with nine minutes left to go in the second. Joe Fernazer gave Canada the lead with eight minutes left. In the th- third period, there was a goal by Julian Blas. Uh, put it to bed about with about 2.30 left. Team Canada East 3, USA 1. Joe Cabral with the W. Excellent. Thank you very much. Cam, how are you doing? Welcome back for our evening session. Thank you very much. It's uh, good to be back here at the uh, Madame Centre. And uh, what what can you say about the game that we witnessed earlier? I think that it was a typical uh, Canadian-USA game. Uh, there was a lot of hitting, and I, haven't, I don't remember seeing that last year. And just the thunderous hits that were happening, it was just unbelievable. Tim Kane from the USA, he nearly, um, you know, uh, with Mark DeMontis, he usually he nearly blo- <laughs> hit his block off or hit his head right off. Uh, Took his, his head, head off, head yeah. Off. Exactly. So um, there's a lot of hard hitting. Um, you know, it was a very quick game. Um, Doug Goist, uh, who is the uh, goalie for the blind hockey, he was absolutely phenomenal in that, especially uh, near the end of the game with some of the spectacular saves that he made. Um, you know, for the USA, I think he was probably their MVP, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, what you allude to is he, he played so well. That game easily could have been 5 6 7-1 if it wasn't for the goalie. He just played phenomenally. He was under siege for like 60 to 75% of that game and just kept his team in it and it was amazing to see. In the ace, it was tilted. Canada had most of the possession in the U.S. end uh, uh, for the first two periods. And then the third period, the U.S. did come on a little bit and I was really impressed with uh, number 19 on the uh, 
American side, Anthony Chesro. I thought uh, his passing was beautiful. Um, he was a good two-way player as well, and he almost scored as well to make the game a lot closer with about um, three minutes left in the uh, game in the third period. So, Yeah, it was a very uh, entertaining first game, and as Brett alluded to earlier, I really hope that this is a, uh, you know, a preview for what we're going to see uh, moving forward in the tournament. Coming up, uh, the game we're going to do now is uh, Canada East versus Canada West. One of the players I want to highlight on Canada West is Jason Yuha, who was the M- MVP last year at this event. Gentlemen, what do we expect to see? Let's start with particularly Canada East going to play their second game today. Cam, I'll let you go first. You know, uh, a lot of these people, I think there's somebody on one of the rosters that's 80 years old. Wow. If I remember correctly. Uh, uh, but I'm not sure if it's one of these rosters, but in this tournament, there's somebody, I believe, that's uh, approximately 80 years old. Um, I hope that there's a lot of youth on Canada East because they're going to need it because they just played uh, just a few hours ago and they need to be able to, um, you know, match the intensity that I'm sure the West is going to be coming out with. We have Jeff Ryman hanging out. Jeff, what are you looking for in this Canada East, Canada West matchup? I think I alluded to it a little bit earlier in our broadcast broadcast earlier in the day. And whenever you have, you know, this Canada versus USA rivalry, it's always uh, super fun to watch. But it's Canada split right down the middle. It's Canada East and Canada West. And it's sort of an even split of the top players in this country. And I think this is going to be a hardcore battle to see who comes out on top. Like, everybody wants to be Canada's best, especially at hockey. So it, I think it's going to be a, a true battle. And like I said earlier, it's going to be interesting also to see how Canada East comes back after playing a pretty tight game. They only won 3-1 to one earlier in the day. And they only left the ice probably, what, about three, four hours ago. So uh, not a whole lot of rest in between those games. And as we know, tournament-style games, it's going to be pretty high intensity. And uh, it's going to be pretty taxing on your body, too. So I I wonder what these players did, you know, between games, how they rested their bodies, if they're going to be completely rested. Uh, So I I know it's still very early in the tournament, uh, but I think it's going to be one of those things to look out for. And I think, too, when you're looking at Canada East and Canada West, don't you think that they're um, vying for playing time as far as, you know, you got to work hard against one another, and I think you're going to be vying for playing time when the two teams come together to make the Canadian team again. So I think that's going to be a factor as well. I think this whole tournament is just a showcase to see uh, who really wants to take a spot on both these national teams, both for Team USA and Team Canada. Uh, in, in future international uh, series that we've had before. So uh, I, I think not even just for the select divisions, I think it goes through the entire tournament. So maybe you can catch an eye of one of the coaches on the national team uh, if you're playing in a youth division or if you're playing in a lower division other than the select team. So uh, I don't think it's just for Canada and Canada West and Team USA at those, those three top teams in the select uh, division. I think it's also a, a showcase of, you know, the potential up-and-comers as well for, for both national teams. Guys, we're all athletes at you know s- certain levels, and we've played sports. What goes into, when you have back-to-back games, what goes into your rest 
And what are the types of things you do in the three, four hours that you're not on the ice? You know, I, I think it's important to have your uh, your mental preparation in check. Uh, you, you've played your, your first game, and that, that's probably been physically taxing on you. And uh, you go you could probably either go back to the hotel or grab a bite to eat or maybe do a little bit of both. Uh, maybe have a quick nap, half an hour or something. And uh, I, I just think uh, as a high elite athlete, I, I would assume that uh, – your, your mental preparation needs to be top drawer in order for your, you to perform well at a tournament such as this. Cam? Yeah, like what I used to do, and by no stretch of the imagination was I a high-performance athlete. Let's get that straight right now. Uh, saying that, though, when I was in between the games, because, you know, whether it's the London tournament or the Cruisers' Cup, um, you know, sometimes you're doing two, three uh, games in a day. So you've got to get your rest. So whether that's back at the hotel or back in the dressing room uh, on your hockey bag, just kind of uh, chilling out. I remember uh, one of our coaches, Ken Hall, he had uh, energy bars. So we ended up having uh, energy bars sometimes to be able to kind of lift us up. Um, you know, just things like that to be able to do that. And as uh, Brett was talking about, um, the mental aspect, it's a matter of just kind of resting your brain and not really thinking about uh, what you have to do next. You, ha- you really have, once you're away from the rink, you need to get away from it and not think about it. Do you want the smart answer or do you want the 12, 13 year old Jeff answer? Because I remember when I was playing. Well, give us both, Jeff. The What's give. the difference? Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't really grown up that much, anyways. <laughs> but uh, the smart answer would be yeah, like you guys said. I mean, there's only a certain amount of rest and a certain amount of time you have between, between the games. So you, you want to basically rest as much as possible. Uh, but, you know, as a, as a young kid or as young adults now, you're in a tournament. You're playing with some people you haven't played with in quite some time. You're at a hotel. What do you want to do? You want to play mini sticks. You want to go out and socialize. You want to go catch up with your friends you haven't seen in a while. So I, I feel like uh, it, it, it just depends on how seriously you take it, I guess. But uh, I guess it could go both ways. But I guess from a coaching standpoint, you really want your players to uh, get in the right diet, get in the right food into your system, especially after you played only a couple hours ago rest your body up, and then prepare for the next game. I think it, what's really important that we haven't touched on is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. That first game, yeah, I'm sure they... they Sorry, what did you say? You said high, hydrate, 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 and... Hydrate. Okay. With what type of liquid there? Well, Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> so well, are they getting the beer kegs out, or are they uh, drinking some water? No, or? they're not the, the four of us. Okay. Um, yeah, hopefully not the youth. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't write us out like that. But... Uh, no, uh, they uh, they'll probably be getting in their uh, their Gatorade or their Powerade or their G- GP8 and uh, or their H2O. So <laughs> you got a lot of initials going on there with the. Uh, the Are you sponsored by all of them? So let's get a feel for what our broadcast team thinks about the upcoming game from Nico Cardarelli and Jim Van Horn, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, Nico, we uh, saw uh, an outstanding display of hockey earlier today between uh, Canada East and the United States. Canada winning a 3-1, to as the guys were alluding to. Uh, tonight, it's a different story. It's Canada East against Canada West. I get the feeling that this is for bragging rights for, 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 for Canadian <laughs> hockey. There's certainly going to be an element of that in, uh, in this game. Obviously, these two rosters very familiar with each other. Uh, friends very much off the ice and 
uh, as the guys have alluded to, basically the team that went down to Pittsburgh, Team Canada, has been split in half here. So uh, they're going to know each other's tendencies very well. And yes, there's certainly going to be a lot of bragging rights on the line. But that said, it's also a big game in terms of uh, the standings going forward, Team Canada East, if they can pull off another victory here, they're really in the driver's seat. Absolutely. Ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. It is a round-robin tournament, and uh, Canada East playing its second game today. Fatigue could be a factor, especially mm. when you look at uh, the amount of time that Kelly Serbu and uh, Simone Richard spent on the ice. Uh, I think Richard must have been on the ice at least half the game, if not more. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, energy he has left for, for tonight's game. You know, I had a chance to uh, catch up with Kelly Serbu after their game and we were talking, he said he felt great. And I said, you know, that's that's probably the best you've skated in, in a couple of years. He said, man, I'm ready to go again. So I think between uh, the, the momentum, the energy that they've got built up, and they've really trained hard. Both Kelly and Simone have been training like beasts leading up to this. So I think they're in prime shape. And fatigue could be a factor. I don't think it will be with either one of those two. Well, guys. I think too they're they're both playing uh, here in Toronto at the mm. at the Madame Center. They're they're going to be they want to put on a show for the fans, but they also want to put on a show for each other and themselves because uh, as as Jeff Ryman uh, mentioned earlier, there's a lot at stake as far as selection for national teams in the future for these players. So the better you play in this tournament, especially. Uh, is the better chance you have of making a mark and, and getting selected for the for future tournaments for the national team. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's not kid ourselves. The national team uh, front office is watching the action here very closely. The GM has his uh, nose to the grindstone in terms of who he's going to pick out of this because, you know, there's some elder statesmen on that team that certainly aren't assured spots, and that's not to say if you're young, you're assured a spot either. I think they're they're always finding new players to elevate everyone else on the team. And if someone uh, is head and shoulders above everyone else here this weekend, that puts them in a good spot uh, looking ahead to the national team training camp in July. When you look at the uh, different divisions that are that are playing here today, they've got uh, the select series are, is the one that, uh, that we're concentrating on today with the mm-hmm. Canada East and West. But when you get to the even to the lower brackets, the uh, the youth division, um, you know it, that is where the future talent is coming from. How much attention is being paid to these uh, to the games that are not at the select level? Again, I think the uh, the program. The people running the program, and especially at the national team level, they know that that's the path going forward, that they have their pipeline of talent now built in with that children's division. So, uh, yeah, I think they're they're very much monitoring the action closely, and I think, you know, you don't necessarily want to uh, pigeonhole anyone or identify anyone too early, but, yes, there's obviously scouting going on even in the child and youth division. You've had the privilege of following this tournament for a number of years. Was it six years now? Yeah, this that, is my sixth year. Uh, yeah. what, what are the biggest changes that you've seen as far as the progression of this uh, of, of blind hockey? Man, that's that's a great question. And we talked a little bit about the, on the neutral zone last week when the guys had me on. And my answer then was the quality of play overall. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's certainly, uh, I think, the biggest factor. I think really, though, it's three-pronged. The quality has improved so significantly uh, I think having the youth built into the program now is a major factor. And then I think the international exposure and momentum we're starting to get. To have had two players from Finland come over for the summer camp 
you know, that really kind of ignited the energy here even more so because we know we're getting closer to our goal of the Paralympics. And here at this national tournament, it's a big stepping stone for players to, to make a name for themselves, and it just keeps getting better and bigger every single year. Yeah, you mentioned the Paralympics, and, and one of the things that I thought about immediately when I, when I started to learn about this tournament and, uh, and, and everything that is surrounding it as far as the organization is concerned, the quality of hockey, which is really outstanding, um, and, and, and I think it's only a natural progression that this sport be elevated to a, to a Paralympic level. You know, I can't imagine a scenario where when we grow to the point where we've had a four nations and we've had a, a world championship, there's no way that the, the committees, in terms of inclusion of sports, there's no way they can assess this mm-hmm. and decide that it's not fit for Paralympics. I, you know, one of the things, I love sledge hockey, but it kind of upsets me that it's now dubbed para hockey because I think it takes away from other adaptive hockey, uh, versions of adaptive hockey. And and no disrespect to sledge hockey, but I really feel like blind hockey best represents a, and this is kind of odd to say, but visually it best represents a standard hockey game. It's really, the nets are a little shorter, the puck is a bit different. But other than that, you wouldn't know that the players are blind. Well, I, I think that's indi- indicative of the uh, responses that we've had on the YouTube channel uh, broadcasting mm. the game earlier today. Uh, people writing from all across Canada and uh, sending in their observations, not only from Canada, but from Russia and yeah. Finland and the United States. And uh, the one that really stood out to me was the uh, individual that wrote in and said, you mean to tell me that these guys are blind? Yeah. I know, it's incredible, and it's one of the things I love about having this event here is when you come into the building, you're outside of the area, so you can, if you're, if you're not visually impaired, you can see the action, but you can't hear it. So again, at first glance, you're walking in, mm-hmm. and you think it's just another hockey game, and then you step foot inside, and you hear the loud puck rattling, and you start to notice the little different adaptations and, and whether you put it together or not, it really is remarkable. Maybe we can talk about the adaptations for people who are just joining us for the first time for, uh, for this hockey game today, for those who, who missed it uh, earlier this morning. Uh, let's talk about the differences. And there aren't too many between uh, traditional hockey and blind hockey. Yeah, there really aren't that many differences, but there are some key ones. And we've already alluded to the one being the puck. The puck is about three to four times larger than a standard hockey puck. It's made out of metal, so it's quite heavy. Uh, It's got ball bearings inside of it as well, so it really allows the players to track it auditory. Um, Beyond that, the nets are a foot shorter than a standard hockey goal. The width is the same, but they keep it shorter to uh, limit the number of high shots and help protect the goaltenders. Again, it's a heavy puck. You don't want to take that puck off the mask if you don't have to. Uh, of course, there's the one-pass rule as well. Which, That's probably the biggest difference. And it really is, and, and it's maybe a little bit understated at times, um, but the one-pass rule really levels the playing field because there's a varying degree of vision on the ice. So you don't want a player who can just go coast-to-coast coast and go in on a breakaway every single time. So the one-pass rule essentially limits that happening by forcing the attacking team to make one clean pass once they gain uh, entry into the offensive zone. And it's a tough rule for the officials to call. Every single tournament, there's controversial goals, whether it was a clean pass, whether there wasn't a clean pass. You know, it's, it's a really tricky one. 
but it's a good rule that's in place, and it really does level the playing field. Yeah, we saw that uh, in game number one with, uh, with, with a couple of goals that were disallowed because the re- referees ruled that, in fact, it wasn't a clean pass. So it's, it's a matter of once you get into the attacking zone, you have to make one clean pass. And there's a notification as well. The referee lets the players know yes. if, if there's been a clean pass and, and they're able to shoot. Yeah, that's a great point. There is a high-pitched buzzer that the referees actually control. They have it in their hands as they're skating around, and you'll hear it. It's easy to hear in the stadium, a little bit trickier to hear over the webcast, but it's a high-pitched sound that the players are very easily able to identify. Who do you look forward to uh, seeing tonight play? I know Joey Cabral, mm. uh, the goaltender for Canada East, was uh, was very solid in, in limited action in Game 1. He didn't see a lot of puck action, but... Uh, he, when he was called upon, he was he was ready for the job. What about uh, what about the rest of the players in Team West? You know, before I uh, get on Team West, it's funny you bring up Joey. Coming back here, I ran into him at the hotel. He said, you see that save I make? I said, Joey, I didn't think he got a piece of it, but Jim said he did. He's like, oh, yeah, buddy, I got a piece <laughs> of it. So, so kudos to you, Jim, for spotting that one, Joey. I mean, he'll take credit for any save, whether he made it or not. But, yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see if fatigue catches up to Joey, even though he didn't see a ton of rubber or a ton of metal at him I should say for Team West so there's some really high powered players and probably the best blind hockey player in the world right now suiting up for Team West and that's Mr. Jason Yeehaw Yuha. and if he lights the lamp you're gonna have to put up with me saying Yeehaw Yuha because it is incredible the skill that this guy has he picks the tiniest of corners he can go bar down almost at will he is a player to spotlight here in this one there's some really good skill across Team West including Anthony Choo Choo Chula and uh, we've also got Kiefer Jones out there who's making his debut with Team West. Their blue line could be a little bit suspect, but they've got some veteran leadership in Scott Roberts back there and Mark Bentz. So I think they'll be okay. It's going to be a really good game. One of the players I'm interested in seeing as well is Wade Shepard. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the former logger who, yeah. uh, who had a, a terrible accident that uh, uh, caused him to eventually lose his sight. And uh, He's come along and uh, rebuilt his life in a, in a fantastic way, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this young man play. You know, Wade is, I, I love everybody here, but Wade is maybe one of my favorite people. He's uh, such an inspirational guy, salt-of-the-earth guy, and, you know, you're dealt a really tough hand. A lot of people wouldn't have the strength that he has to come back from what he's dealt with. And now he just loves being out there. And and he had an amazing tournament at the Western Regionals out in Burnaby. He skated alongside Jason Yuha, and Wade put up points like he never has before. I think Wade's going to be playing on the blue line here for Team West, but he's even if he is back there, he's got the ability to go coast to coast. So I'm really excited for him to suit up here tonight. Just to give you an indication of the, the, the adversity that he yes. has come back from, he was uh, working at a logging camp. He was hit by a, a tractor of some kind, thrown over 100 feet, Broke almost every bone in his body. Uh, destroyed his knees. One of his knees couldn't be repaired. It's still very, very loose. The ligament damage was permanent. And then after the accident, and he's re- as he's rehabbing, he started to have vision problems right. and eventually lost his sight. So for him to overcome, to, to have full sight and full use of your body physically, to lose all of that yeah. and then to lose your sight on top of that is, is a remarkable amount of courage that he has had and has shown to come back from that and to, uh, to embrace and grab life the way he has and to, and to make the most of it. 
It's really remarkable. Uh, again, he's one of the most inspirational people here. And I know that some of the guys don't like that term, inspirational, because they just want to be out there playing the sure. game. But but what Wade has gone through, it, it really is an inspiration. You know, it, it's an inspiration to be in this building. Yeah. This is yeah. This is my first time back at the Madame Center since the renovation. It, and it's the old Maple Leaf Gardens. And I look around here, and it's, as soon as I walked in this morning, it started to bring back memories. I, I talked mm. about the old ice flooding system that they used to have before the Zambonis came along. When I was about nine years old, mm-hmm. I was here for a game between the Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks. And the, uh, the clock at the time was not digitized like they are today. It was uh, the round clock that uh, counted down. It looked like the, the actual face of a clock. Mm-hmm. But what struck me the most in that hockey game was a fight. <laughs> that occurred <laughs> and I believe Pierre Pilat was playing defense for Chicago at the time and he got into it with Eddie Shack. and at that time they didn't have the separate penalty boxes okay they would have this they they all the players sat in the same box and there was a the the, 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 the the gentleman that was in the penalty box they used to call him the keeper of the cooler and you always understood who it was you could always recognize him because he wore this uh, British racing cap that he had on it, it was beige, and he, he really stood out because he, he would be sitting between these mammoth hockey players. Mm. Well, Shaq and Pilat went at it on the ice. They get the penalties. They get thrown into the box for their five-minute majors, and all of a sudden, they decide they want to continue it in the box. Oh, come on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it got so confusing. Guys tried to get in through the door, and mm-hmm. they couldn't get in because of the, the confusion and the mayhem that was going on. All of a sudden, Frank Mahovlich comes skating over. He literally climbed over the glass. No way. And into the penalty box to separate the two guys. Took a huge chunk out of the glass with his skate. And we were about eight rows up. Right on, in fact, it was on this side mm-hmm. and probably as close to the penalty box as we are right now. And I couldn't, this giant, and Frank Mahavish was a huge hockey player. And he climbs over the glass and splits these two guys up. And those are the kinds of memories that uh, that, that I started to have. And uh, I remember the, when the Marlies, the Toronto Marlboro Juniors, were a, uh, a, a feeder system for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, the NHL teams actually owned the junior clubs, and right. they used to be feeder systems. Ron Ellis was playing, and, and he was one of the... Even in the NHL, he was a terrific skater. But in junior, he completely dominated Wayne Carlton who went on to have a career not only in Toronto but in Boston as well. They used to call him Swoop because he was this massively tall, gangly hockey player who looked like he was floating on the ice as he was taking these long, graceful slides as a round. Uh, I remember Jerry Cheevers, mm-hmm. former Boston Bruins goaltender, a, a Boston great, a legend in Boston, uh, playing for the Hamilton Red Wings. And they used to come in and, uh, and, and play against the Marlies with the, with the Red Wings, the St. Catharines TPTs, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, farm system. It was, I mean, these memories just keep coming back to me. And, and it's, it, but it's, it's such a pleasure to be in this building and to, and to actually feel the ghosts of all those hockey players from the past. Yeah, it's, it's a great point that you bring up. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to grow up in the Toronto area. I was lucky enough to come to games at Maple Leaf Gardens as a kid. And I grew up when, funny enough, Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark were very prominent players in this city. So, you know, I've got some very fond memories of this building as well. Different stories, of course. Maybe not as, <laughs> as amazing as your stories, not as colorful, but... You know, it's a great point, and I think being here in this building really speaks to a lot of the players on the ice. 
even though we've got a mix from across the country, you know how Leafs fans are. Oh, They're sure. from coast to coast yep. to coast. So some of the guys from Vancouver really appreciate playing on the ice just as much as the guys from Scarborough. Absolutely. Yep. Now, you know, you talk about the, the Leaf team is, is I guess they, they could be declared Canada's team, especially in the West mm. before expansion. I'll never forget when the, I was actually working in Calgary and covering and, and working with the Flames as their, the host of their hockey telecasts out there back in the early 80s. And the first time, uh, the Flames had just come up from Atlanta. So the first time any team came to town, it was a special occasion. But especially when Toronto and Montreal came to town. When the Leafs and the Habs came to Calgary, it was something very, very special. And the first time that both of those teams came to Calgary, and they were still playing in the old Calgary Corral, which only housed 5,500 people. It's wow. actually smaller than this building. Huh. The... The, the local police had to come out and set up a cordon to allow the players to make it from the dressing room uh, from the, uh, as they exited the building to the bus to get back to the hotel because there were so many people hanging around just wanting to get a piece of both the Habs and the Leafs as they finished their pregame skates, oh their morning skates before the game. <laughs> That's incredible. It was just, it was just so, the, the, I mean, I know we're off the topic as far as the today's proceedings are concerned, but uh, mm. hockey is in everybody's blood. It's, it's part of our, our, the fabric of Canadian society. And to be part of this tournament, the blind hockey tournament, and hockey in general is, uh, I consider it to be a real privilege. We're certainly lucky to be here, and we're getting you set for the Team Canada face-off battle as Canada East gets set to take on Canada West. Canada East donning the yellow jerseys, defending the goal down to our left. Canada West in all black here as they get set to defend the end to our right. Music is the same in every rink. <laughs> Everybody getting pumped up and ready to go. Players are just uh, finishing their warm-ups. See uh, Joey Cabral in goal for, for Canada, taking a few shots before. Lauren Weber is uh, in net for the West. One thing that you really notice, and I think it has to do with the uh, shorter size of the nets as well, these goaltenders... Mm. They cover an awful lot of space. Yeah, they do. And and Lorne is a big guy. We've yet to see him in action here today. Joey really good at tracking the puck as well. But especially those two American boys. Holy smokes, are they big bodies oh. between the posts. Goyster's as you said, mounted as men. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Looks like he's about six foot five on his skates. <laughs> well, before we get... The action underway will get the neutral zone boys back in the fray for a minute, including Jeff Ryman. And uh, I think Jeff's actually standing down at rink level. And I think uh, Jeff's got some info for us. So, Jeff, let's throw it down to you. Yeah, guys, I, I uh, was listening in to see, hear, uh, see how the energy was with uh, Team Canada East. And they seem uh, pretty sharp. They don't seem like they uh, lack any energy whatsoever. So... Uh, I think maybe adrenaline may be a little bit of a help for them. So I expect a, a pretty big game for them. But going against Team Canada West, I think you alluded to it earlier, Nico, is that they might have the best player in the entire world in Jason Yuha. So uh, it'll be a fun matchup. I remember last year it was Kelly Surubu and, and Jason Yuha. Those guys were going at it. So I think it's going to be a fun game, and it's going to be fun to watch uh, to see how Joey Cabral comes in. He looks pretty sharp so far in warm-ups. Uh, that's one of those things, being a goalie, how do your knees, how do your legs stand up? So 
uh, I, I think it's going to be crucial. Maybe Team Canada West just wants to pepper uh, him with shots early and often, and maybe that's their game plan going forward. Team Canada West is the fresher of the bunch, and I think uh, their game plan heading into this is just going to be getting as many shots on that. So I think it'll be fun. You're in the uh, Pierre Maguire position down there, Jeff. I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm, I probably have the best spot in the entire arena right now. I'm basically right at center ice, right at ice level. So I'm between both benches, and I can sort of hear what's going on on both sides. So I'm sure it'll be pretty vocal. I can probably hear uh, the coaches yell at their players if they make a, a good or a bad play. So I might have to mute my mic because that seems to be the thing that a lot of analysts have to do if you're between the benches. I'm not sure if there's going to be a whole lot of chirping going on, but I know some of the coaches can get pretty aggressive as well. So. I, I think you should have shaved your head for this one as well. <laughs> no, I think I'll, I'll, I'll keep the hair for this one. <laughs> Warm-ups continue. Less than a minute to go before the uh, opening face-off of this big matchup between Canada East and Canada West. I think... Uh, I think the first goal of this game is going to be very, very important for whichever team scores. Yeah, it could definitely be a, a, a momentum setter here in this game. It's certainly going to set the tone for the game, I think. You know, the opening select series game between Team Canada and Team USA, that was a tight game. Ended up being 3-1. It was basically 2-1 for the bulk of that game. Uh, I think we're going to have a very similarly close kind of game here where it could end up being one or two mistakes are the key difference and yeah whichever team can get out in front that mm -hmm. could end up proving to be the difference in the end Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in here this evening for this matchup as it's Canada East in the yellow taking on Canada West in the black. Starting goaltenders in this game, Joey Cabral takes the net for Canada East, for Canada West. None other than Edmonton, Edmonton's own Lorne Weber as he gets set to make his debut. Both of those players a big part of the gold medal victory down in Pittsburgh. Jason Yuha gets set to get out there for uh, Canada West as he'll square off. I would anticipate him taking the opening draw. He'll be wearing number 91 here for the team in black. Team West representing or protecting the goaltender to the right and team East to the left. They will not change ends throughout the course of this game. They maintain their positioning throughout the three periods, and the periods are 12 minutes each. Stop time. And I want to apologize off the hop. We're experiencing some difficulties with our graphics at the moment, so unfortunately no running clock, no score bug in this game, but hey, we've got a great looking image, and that's what counts most as we get set for the opening puck drop here between Team Canada East and Team Canada West. Kelly Serbu, Jason Uha to take the opening faceoff. And we're underway. Team Canada West take early possession. As they move the puck off the boards and it's scooped up by Serbu. He dumps it down into the corner, down to our right. 
tracked back where it's Alex Angus McKechn behind the goal trying to center it out front. That shot gets blocked. Alec Angus comes up with it. Servu lets the shot fly and that one goes wide of the post. Chopping after it, a couple players coming together including Mark Bentz out there for Team West. Of course, there's no hitting in blind hockey, but there will be contact. Sometimes it's just impossible to avoid. Jason Yuha takes the puck here for Team West, tries to center it out front to Scott Roberts, but that one picked off. As Team Canada East try clear the zone, they get the puck across center ice. The West have it right back in the zone as Yuha waiting for some support. Drops it, intended for Kiefer Jones, but that one gets picked off. Good defensive play by Simone Richard. Shot from Canada West, good block there by Wyatt Harvey as he sprawls out to get a piece of that shot from Martin Dufour. That was going to the open corner on the left side, but Harvey managed to get his body in front of it. Simone Richard dumps it from the wrong side of center ice. DeMontis races after it, but with double IHF rules in place, it's automatic icing. Good start for both of these teams. They've each had opportunities early in this first period. A minute and a half in, the East has almost scored, and so is the West, So uh, and they're skating very, very well. The ice looks very good tonight. Well... The players love playing here. They always rave about the quality of the ice. And when you're a speedy team like both of these clubs, it should lend to good play. A good play there to keep the puck in the zone. Chula tries to track it. Jules can't hold it in as Canada East get it out to center. Chula picks it up inside his own blue line. A couple of East players crashing down. As here goes Choo Choo Chula into the zone. Puck picked off his stick. Great defensive play by Rick Oriold. As Team Canada East hoping for Oriold to have a stronger game here. And right now he's really strong on the puck. He's got to make a clean pass. He brings it all the way to the far corner. He's got Serbu heading to the net. Can't feed it to him. Blay was there as well. But now it's picked off by Chula. Chula tries to hit Dufour with the pass up the right wing. But that's picked off. And here goes Kelly Serbu through the neutral zone. Servu, shielding the puck from the defender, carries it below the goal line, centered right there to Blay, but a terrific save by Weber, his first of the game as he keeps the left pad against the post. That was a nice pass by Servu, but uh, Weber, again, holding close to that uh, post on the left side with his uh, pad down, kept the puck out of the net. Face off to the left of, uh, of Weber. Face off here with Serbu on the draw for the East. He can't win it against Yuha. Good defensive play by Yuha. Banking it off the boards as it's on the stick of Kiefer Jones. Jones makes the pass to Brian Cowie just out of his reach as it's corralled by Wyatt Harvey. Harvey plays it around the far side. Sean Heslip digs it out as Serbu takes possession. He flips that one, hits Cowie in the bucket, but play continues on as Cowie now has possession for Team West. Good pass over to Kiefer Jones. There's the buzzer for the clean pass, but off the bench comes Richard to break up that chance. Held in now by Yuha. Yuha through the slot. Shoots! Oh, Yuha! Yuha! What a beauty! one nothing, Team West. Yuha moving freely in the centerized zone. Into the slot, lifts a high shot over the uh, right shoulder of uh, Cabral, and the Team West 
group have a one to nothing lead. The pride of Rosalind, Alberta, does it again. Jason Yuha shows off some skill and some dash there, and he puts Team Canada West out front, one nothing. A superior skater, he really puts those blades on the ice and really, really covers a lot of territory very quickly. Team Canada West right back at it. Great shot. Better save by Cabral as he takes it off the mask. The shot coming off the stick of Sean Dale. Cabral adjusting the mask. He took that straight off the protection. He's taken it off and uh, is uh, just uh, getting his thoughts about him, making sure everything is okay. That puck really stings when you take it off the mask like that. Certainly Cabral earning a moment there to shake it off. Play was whistled down immediately. Face off to the left of Cabral. That will be the case should the puck hit the goaltender in the mask at any point. Again, double IHF rules. Play whistled down immediately. Puck shot out across center ice, says Kiefer Jones. Oh, we got a penalty coming up here against Alec Angus McKechn. As Wade Shepard doing a good job out there. It'll be Amac going to the box for the tripping call. Guys, so, I just want to revisit that uh, that goal by Jason Yuha. Once he hears that buzzer go, he just goes right to the middle of the ice, and there's basically no stopping the buzzer gets to the middle. So uh, I think that's going to be the game plan is just sort of trying to get the things moving through him. That's exactly what they did. It's incredible. Yeah, he has a great puck sense. It's a really good point, Jeff. The danger factor with Yuha is not the initial rush. But once the pass is established, that's when he's at most dangerous because if he gets his puck on the stick, he can score from almost anywhere on the ice. Yuha wins the faceoff as Canada West have it on the power play. Makes the pass over to Jones, tries to feed it back to Yuha, but that's broken up by Oriol and shot down the ice. And you could see with that pass, once the, the, the pass was completed, Yuha immediately went to the center portion of the ice, went to the slot looking for that return pass. He's like a hunter. He circles until he's got the opportunity to strike as Kiefer Jones now carries it across center ice for Team West. Serbu back on the back check. Yuha receives the pass. Cuts to the net. Backhander right on. Big save. The rebound. Diving block by Wyatt Harvey. His second big block shot of the period. Harvey sacrificing his body to stop that shot before it gets through to Cabral. And the uh, Canada, Canada East clears the, the zone. Here goes Canada West once again as Yuha brings it into the offensive zone on the left wing. He's got Chula with him. Oh, a tripping call coming against Chula. So that'll do it for the Canada West power play. We'll have a minute 08 of four-on-four hockey. As it is, uh, interference is actually the call. Chula heading to the box. He wasted no time. He knew as soon as the whistle blew that, that he was off for two minutes. He thought he could get away with the pick there, but it gets called. Richard draws the penalty, and it'll be Simone Richard on the faceoff against Jason Yuha to the left of goaltender Lauren Weber. Team West win the draw. They flip it out across center ice. A foot race between Yuha and Oriold, and Yuha gets to it first, but he overskates it, and now Oriold takes possession. Del Grande receives the pass, dishes it off to Richard. His shot oh. off the crossbar. Oh, so close to an equalizer. Right off, square off the crossbar. The puck came right out. Weber was clearly beaten on the shot by Richard. And a good play there by Richard to hold the blue line. He dumps it into the near corner. Wade Shepard first on it. Makes the pass to Jason Yuha. 30 seconds remaining in the 
Team East penalty, and then they'll have a abbreviated power play as Rick Oriold takes the puck across center ice. Oriold playing defense, but he does well to rush it up, makes the pass to Serbu coming off the bench. Serbu back to Oriold, just can't complete the last pass as it's now on the stick of Yuha. End of a shift, he's got to be tired. He just dumps it in and he'll peel off for a change as Team Canada East just seconds away from a 53-second power play. It's now a power play for Canada East as Serbu dishes it right towards the goal and Wyatt Harvey unable to get a stick to direct it past Weber. Harvey just missed that perfect feed from Serbu. Serbu backhander, good save there by Weber. He had the angle covered perfectly. Puck shot out just past Wyatt Harvey and into the Canada East zone. 30 seconds remaining on the power play. Wyatt Harvey feeling that urgency, head of steam. He rushes the puck up the left wing, runs into Kiefer Jones, gets the puck in deep. It's shot around the near side. Wyatt Harvey wanted, he's having a word with the official, but nothing coming out of that. 10 seconds remaining in the power play. Richard centers it in front. Fornazier has it in the far corner as he's challenged by Sean Dale, and Dale gets it past the defenseman, and that'll do it for the shortened power play. I think Jones had position on that collision. I don't think he really, I don't think he stepped into the East player. I don't think he had much of an argument. Yeah, good no call there by the officials as Yuha has the puck off his skates. Now it's on the stick of Simone Richard. He's got Mark DeMontis going up the left wing, but Richard has it poked away from him by Yuha. Nice defensive play by Yuha. Puck shot down inside the Canada West zone as that was Paul Schmold getting it outside of the line. Pokes it ahead. Yuha takes a bit of a hit there from Rick Oriold. Battle for possession as Chula brings it into the Canada East defensive zone. 4.55 remaining in the first period of play. Puck across center ice as Paul Schmold takes possession for Canada West. Stripped away from him by Simone Richard. No other yellow jerseys in the zone yet for the clean pass as Richard maneuvers behind the goal. Plays it off the side of the goal as that one was intended for Gary St. Dennis. And now it's picked up by Jason Yuha. Yuha flips it up the right side to Martin Dufour. Takes it into the corner. Centers to the high slot. Scott Roberts makes the pass to Yuha. He's checked closely. Yuha's spinning away from a couple of checkers. Nice job by Wyatt Harvey to get the puck away cleanly. Can't quite clear the zone. Nice job by Canada West as they hold it in. Yuha tries to center it in front. But it's flipped out to center ice where it's controlled by Kiefer Jones. Four minutes left in the first. Yuha just looking for the puck all the time. Martin Dufour tries the long shot. That's into the shin pads of Wyatt Harvey. As the puck cleared to the line and Joseph Del Grande does well to backhand it to the stick of Kelly Serbu. Serbu flips it in. It trickles into the near corner where it's tracked down by Mark Bentz. Serbu takes it away from Bensi. Serbu gets it back on the return. Shot right on. Good save by Weber. And then he sprawls out to cover the puck. Great goaltending from Lorne Weber. And there's a pileup in front of Weber as the bodies uh, scatter. But a quick backhand by Serbu almost finds its way to the back of the net. Really impressed with the play of Rick Oriold. He's a, he's a big man. He doesn't look like he's moving, but he covers a lot of space, both defensively and offensively. He has a very good puck sense. 
It's uh, it's interesting. Again, Oriole typically playing forward. He's quite skilled and has a great shot, but Paul Cairns using him on the blue line here. The puck stripped away from Oriole in this instance. Pass the head to Trula. Great back check. Oh, off the crossbar and out of play. What an incredible sequence. And Trula, oh, so close to making it a 2-0 game. Trula breaking in on his own was showing a lot of speed. Actually, I think that uh, Cabral got the blocker on that oh, shot. Incredible. Joey Cabral making huge saves right now for Team Canada East as they trail 1-0. Guys, I'm pretty sure Joey did get a, a blocker on that one. I didn't hear a post at all. A huge save there from Joey. I got to start giving him more credit. <laughs> he, 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 you know, when I talk to him, he says he's the best goalie ever. Maybe he actually is. <laughs> Great job by Joey Cabral in that for Team Canada East as... Canada West bring the puck back into the zone. Chula tries to feed it to the far side wing. That's picked off by Richard and flipped out to center where Kiefer Jones plays it to the near side. Schmold loses his footing. Fournazier gets past Jones. He's got to make the pass. Tries to flip it near side. That's picked off. Richard gets it now for the east. Smacking away for the puck in the skates of a few players, but now it's picked up by Heslip. As he knocks it forward ahead to Chula. The Vancouver connection there as Anthony Chula brings the puck in. Tries to flip it near side, but that's picked off by Alec Angus McKechn. Doesn't clear the zone though. Nice play by Sean Dale. Chula with the puck behind the goal. The clean pass indicated. Dale tries to dig the puck out. As Brian Cowie out there for Team West as well. Chula tracking it to the far corner against Oriold. And Team East do well to clear the danger. Fornazier with room to skate. He's got no clean pass yet. Wade Shepard, beautiful back check by Shepard as he lifts the stick and sweeps the puck away. Fornazier with a, a little bit of theatrics as he goes down, <laughs> trying to embellish the call. Bit of a difference in bodies there as well. As yes. You've got the veteran Wade <laughs> Shepard and the youngster uh, Fornazier. And there's probably at least 200 pounds between them, <laughs> if I'm guessing. As Wyatt Harvey takes the puck all the way back, or he tracks it all the way back to his far corner. A minute 35 remaining in the first. Bit of a risky pass, but it's a tape-to-tape one onto the stick of Kelly Serbu. Serbu has a trailer into Montes. Demontis takes the shot, but who's there? It's Jason Yuha making the play defensively for Team Canada West. Yuha deflecting that puck over the top of the net, but it was a nice setup by Serbu to uh, Demontis. Team Canada West get it out to center ice where it's picked up by DeMontis. He fires it back inside the West zone with 105 remaining here in the period. Kiefer Jones takes possession, slowly leads the breakout as we're inside the final minute of play here in the first. Jason Yuha wheels back inside his own zone. Now he gains some momentum, bringing it into the offensive zone. Drops it to the near side for Scott Roberts. His shot off a shin pad and now corralled by Yuha in the near corner. Yuha makes the pass out to Jones. Top of the far face-off circle. His shot gets blocked. Team Canada East try cleared out. And a good job by Richard to get it down the ice. 30 seconds remaining. Del Grande receives the pass. Julian Blade tracks it to the near side. Hash marks. But some great end-to-end play by Yuha broke up that chance. Team Canada East trying to uh, get that equalizer before the end of the period. Less than 20 seconds to go. 
Team Kennedy's taking possession as Del Grande has it poked away from him. Richard gets it back under 10 seconds remaining. Tries to feed it to Del Grande. It's Blay who takes it. Three seconds left as the puck in the corner. They try center it, but Chula breaks it up. And that does it for the first period of play. A great opening 12 minutes of action as Team Canada West with a one nothing lead. Lots of great end-to-end action by both of these teams. Some great scoring chances by Team West, but uh, Joey Cabral up to the task, making a couple of very strong saves in that first period to keep it close. one nothing. It is Team Canada West leading Team Canada East after tw- uh, 12 minutes of play. So guys, we'll throw it back over to the boys from the neutral zone as the opening 20 minutes has Team Canada West up 1-0. Would help if I put my mic down, eh? Uh, Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Great call in the first period. I'm joined by Cam Jenkins and Brett Wills. First of all, I just got to say, Chula was robbed in that period, boys. Uh, Do you agree? Either one of you. Yeah. What more can you say about it? Yeah. I'm still like my jaw is still, you know, dropped to the floor when it comes to that. It's that like that was a beautiful period of hockey to watch. Like that's the way hockey should be played. It was beautiful to watch. Brett? You know, it's funny. We, we watched Team Canada East play earlier and I thought that for sure that they would be coming out and sluggish and whatnot, but they kept up with Team Canada West, and it, it certainly shows that uh, Team Canada West has a little bit more energy with the one nothing score, Jason Yuha with uh, with the uh, the Apple, but uh, you know, uh, we've been here before. We, we've seen Jason Yuha play. We, we know what he's capable of, and... Uh, he comes to play every single shift, and he's so fast. No matter, no matter if he's in the so the neutral zone, good. or if he's in the offensive zone, or if he's back checking, he is so fast. He could be in the end zone and he'd still be doing a phenomenal job. How do you defend this guy? Uh, like, I don't know. I, I'm literally two or three players on him, maybe. And I think that's the thing. Like, do you play man on, man on him, or do you play zone on him? It's just. It's so complicated to figure hope, out. Do you just hope Cabral stops the puck when he, like... And that's what you have to hope, too. And Cabral had a really good period. And, like, I can only imagine, without the one-pass rule, do you, can you imagine what you all would be doing right now? Oh, I know. It's, How it's, many times did he get across the blue line? And he was the only one there, and he had to wait for everyone to be able to come there to be able to join in the play. Uh, the old that we've talked about this on the neutral zone many a times. Guys can make their team look really, really good. And I'm not no disrespect to anybody on the ice, but is this the case with Jason Yuha that he just makes everyone around him look really good because he's not only shooting the puck but he's setting it up. He's he's making sure he knows where people are. Like, is this the case? I don't know, Brock. I, I think that uh, when you got a team of Anthony Sulia and Martin DeFore and Wade Shepard, as well as Jason Yuha. You've got a team that, that it's filled with talent. So so do, does Jason Yuha make everybody around him better? Absolutely. But you know what? There's so much talent on that team. 
it's amazing that it's only one nothing. And I think we really need to look at the X factor on Canada East because every time Yuha is on the ice, you see Simone Richard on the ice too. And he is a phenomenal player as well. And I'm not sure if it was him or not, but uh, when it went off the um, crossbar and back out, you know, this game could easily be 1-1. Yeah, and I, honestly, I, I expected a much higher scoring uh, period just because of the chances that came and came. Like, that was one of the best periods of hockey we have watched so far. Like, it was absolutely incredible. Um, we've talked about Canada East. Do you think the adrenaline can keep them going for this entire game? I think that they're going to slow down, you know, closer to the end of the game, uh, especially depending on the type of game that, uh, you know, if it's end-to-end uh, -end hockey and they're just going to be skating, you know, I, I think they're going to end up slowing down by the end of the third period. And with the West team um, being their first game of the day, you know, I, I, I personally think my gut is saying that they're going to prevail. Do you think because you feel that they're going to tire out, do you think then that the score could be broken open at some point? Um, if it does break open, I think you're looking at, uh, you know, towards the second, end of the second, beginning of the third period. And I think that's when, uh, if it does start to open up, I think that's when you're going to see it. And uh, especially with a player like, and we keep going back to him, Jason Yuha. Like, with his this being his first game, by the end of the third period, or the start of the third period, I think he's going to be skating circles around everybody. The good thing is, is that in, in that first game when Team Canada East played, Joey Cabral was wasn't very wasn't tested very often, yeah. so so he's probably rather fresh. So he's also keeping them in there, and as the game goes on, sure he's going to get a little bit more tired, but I think that he's the X factor in order for Team Canada East to win. Well, at this time, uh, Jeff Ryman has an interview ringside with Mark DeMontis. I'm here with Team Canada East defenseman Mark DeMontis. And, Mark, we know that you guys went up 3-1 in your first game earlier on in the day. That was just a couple hours ago. Uh, how, does you, how do you feel right now? Do your legs feel a little bit staler? Are they fresh? Uh, tell us how you feel. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like, usually it's pretty untraditional to play two games in one day. But, uh, hey, any time you can play more hockey, it's always a good thing, right? I mean, yeah, we're, we're a little... Uh, we're obviously a little sore from this morning. It was a big game against Team USA, but uh, the good thing is there's two good hockey teams on the ice, all Canadians, and we're having a good time. So. Yeah, and that sort of alludes to my next question. Team Canada East versus Team Canada West. Is there a little bit of a extra added momentum into this for you going into this because, you know, you want to beat Team Canada West? I think at the end of the day, everyone uh, you know here is looking at this as a great, a great way to showcase uh, the sport internationally and get more countries around the world playing. Uh, a lot of guys out here are... Uh, are trying to make the national team. There's, there's nothing to hide about that, including myself, right? So, uh, you know, I'm never safe. I never take that for granted. And um, in, in terms of the, uh, you know, the players out here today, we're going to see some players really step up, and I'm excited to see what happens in the second. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff. That was Mark DeMontis with uh, Jeff. Gentlemen, he alluded to his legs uh, being okay. Do we... Do we buy that at this moment in time or is that an athlete just not going to lead on that anything other than his legs being okay is happening i think it's an athlete leading on that it, <laughs> that, that uh he, he's he's okay 
Yeah, you Athletes know. never lie. What are you talking about, Brett? No, 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 no. Never. Indeed, folks. That's yeah, we, 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 us athletes are the the most kind-hearted, honest no. people ever. Those are athletes. I, I we were never athletes. Uh, well, Those are athletes. Well, I, I when I say athletes, uh, we were athletes in the loosest way possible. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, now, Canada. East, I have a feeling they're going to come out with an extra step in this period. But do you think this is Canada West period to kind of put the pedal to the metal and say we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of this right now? Okay, I think they have to at the end of the day. Like the coach is probably in there saying to them right now, you know what? Canada East, they had a hard game, three one. There was a lot of skating, and even though there's not hitting, uh, there seemed to be a lot of hitting in that Canada East-U.S. game. So, you know, if I'm the Canada West coach right now, I'm saying, you know, skate, 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 drive them into the ground, and let's see if they're going to be able to, you know, be the last uh, team standing at the end of the third period. You know, the good thing is, is that this is the last game of the night, uh, the night right? So they, they've got an entire evening. To, to rest their legs and uh, rest their spirits, come out tomorrow uh, in the morning and uh, get going again. So they've, they've got to put everything out on the line that they can uh, co- coming into this second period and going forward into the third. With that, we're going to take a break here on AMI-audio Live's presentation of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Championship. Stay with us for second period action right after this. Welcome back to AMI-audio Live's coverage of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. We're going to send it right over to our broadcast team, Nico Cardarelli, to take it away for the second period action. Thank you very much, guys. Second period underway here as Team Canada East in the yellow jerseys defending the zone down to our left have possession, trailing 1-0. Joseph Del Grande makes the draw pass. The shot attempt from Richard gets blocked. Del Grande tries to jam it home, but Lorne Weber covers it up. Good stop there for Weber. Team Canada East storming the net, looking to get that equalizer early in the second. Important for them to uh, get that second goal to make sure that they get the momentum that they need to make this a hockey game. That was an excellent first period of play. We'll give a couple shout-outs while we have the live chat up, including one to Joel Klug watching out in Connecticut. And, of course, a big shout-out to the Del Grande family as well. And a special shout-out to Pat Sheridan, who's tried to help us troubleshoot all the way from Vancouver. We apologize for any issues you may be experiencing. As here goes Anthony Chula with the puck up the right wing for Team Canada West. He's got Marty Dufour skating with him, Simone Richard all over his back, and a good job by Joseph Del Grande to force him to the corner. Chula with the puck behind the goal, near side, tried a potential wraparound, but that gets blocked. Nice play by Schmold to hold it in at the line. There's the indicator for the clean pass, so it wouldn't have counted even if Chula had scored, as Kiefer Jones takes possession for Team West. Lead pass ahead to Chula. He's got Gilles Ouellette with him, tries to feed it through the high slot for Dufour, but that's picked off by the East, 
as they play it off the glass. And now it's a 2-on-0 here for Team Canada East. DeMontis and Serbu. Serbu shoots and he scores! Oh, no goal! Oh my goodness, they're calling it off because the net was off. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. That is a tough, tough break. Because that was a perfect setup by DeMontis to Ah. Serbu. And he picked the the upper right-hand corner perfectly. Uh, and head coach for Team Canada East, Paul Cairns, is going to want an explanation. And I think what his case here is probably, even though the net's off, that's square down the middle. That's in whether the net's off or not. I agree with you. That's, uh, that's, that's a valid argument if it's, that's the argument that he has. But uh, the referee is not going to overturn that call. They're lining up for the faceoff in the, uh, the west zone to the right of the goaltender Weber. That was an outstanding shot by Serbu. Well, it was essentially perfect execution by DeMontis and Serbu on the 2-on-0, but some terrible luck for Team Canada East. And for the second time today, they've got a goal called back. Jeff Ryman, did you hear anything down there in the discussion between uh, the coach and the official? Obviously not. Well, the chat room not too happy about that disallowed goal but play continues on as Team Canada West still with a one nothing lead here. Serbu tracks the puck inside his own zone. He'll wheel on the breakout. Tries to work his way up the right wing but that's broken up by Jason Yuha whose stick explodes on him. And this could be a chance. Serbu! Oh what a save by Lorne Weber as he kicks out to make that stop. Quick reaction from Weber to keep that puck out of the net. Flashing the pad and keeping the puck out. Yuha with a new stick. He makes the drop pass. That shot attempt knocked down by Serbu as he flips it over to the far side hash marks. Good defense by Serbu to, to stop that shot from getting to the net. End of a shift. He dumps it in from the wrong side of center, but he gets a good roll as the puck stays in. As now Wade Shepard makes the pass to Yuha up the left wing. Yuha drops that one back and quickly gets it Inside the zone as he's defended closely by Gary St. Dennis. Over to the far corner where Simone Richard does well to strip the puck away from you. Nice play by Richard to come up with that puck in the defensive zone. And here he goes. He's got some lane to skate. He gets tripped up and that'll be a penalty as Paul Schmold will take a seat in the box for two or less as Team Canada East coming up with a power play. Simone Richard with the puck heading up the right wing was... uh, tripped up by the West player and that's uh, good enough for two minutes for tripping let's give a shout out to Ryan Yuha from back in Rosland as he's watching his brother Jason and a shout out to Debbie from Aurelia who's cheering on members of the Ice Owls you know what's incredible about Jason and his brother Ryan mentions it Jason still regularly plays sighted hockey and he dominates most of the time as well. That's, he is one heck of a player. That's terrific. But here his team is on the PK as Alec Angus McKechn moves the puck around. Cycles makes the pass to Richard. He shoots and rips that one just wide of the near post. Or Nazir tries to dig it away, but it's Kiefer Jones who comes up with it. Jones under pressure banks it off the boards and up to Chula. Anthony Chula. Dumps it in deep as it rolls all the way behind the Team Canada East goal. 8.45 left in the second period, a minute 25 left in the power play. 
guys, a little side note here. Jason Yuha actually went back to the uh, locker room, picked up a brand new stick. He didn't like the stick he was using after he snapped his <laughs> other sticks. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the locker room and get my third stick. Well, he's got a, a new stick on top of the new stick, and here he goes with the puck. Jason Yuha tries the drop pass shorthanded. That one picked off by Fournazier. And now a potential three-on-one for Team Canada East. Good hustle back by Kiefer Jones to get a stick on that centering pass as Roberts rips it around the far boards. 50 seconds remaining in the power play. Sean Dale knocks it down the ice. A foot race here as Julien Blais gets to the puck first. Richard at the end of a shift. He'll just dump it in deep and peel off for a change. And I'll give Wade Shepard a chance to lead Canada West here out. Not too many chances for Canada East to get this power play going. As here's a potential short-handed break for Canada West. Centered in front. Oh, what a save by Cabral. And he makes a second save on Dufour as well. As it was Yuha putting it on a tee for Marty Dufour. But two huge saves from Cabral. Cabral in the right place at the right time. That's the second massive save that he has made in this game to keep Canada East in it. Five seconds left in their power play. That'll do it as Yuha gets the puck out through the neutral zone. Blay touches it offside. There's still one second left in the penalty, but a great kill there from Canada West. Joey Cabral living up to his self-moniker as the greatest goaltender ever. <laughs> you know what? We had lunch a couple days before the tournament, and I gave him a hard time because he's a huge Maple Leafs fan, but he was telling me his favorite NHL player ever was Patrick Waugh. I said, buddy, how is it not Felix the Cat? I know they're not the same caliber of goaltender, but come on. (laughs) Oh, he's playing like Patrick Waugh right now, making save after save. And he's a big reason why it's just 1-0 for Team Canada West. Richard keeps the puck in at the far blue line, feeds it down low into the corner as they try dig it back out front. Nothing doing yet. DeMontis gets it. Oh. Oh, runs into his own man and takes away that chance. Oh, great play by Richard to hold the line and keep the play onside. It's DeMontis trying to get away from Chula, ends up centering it, and it's uh, picked off here by Canada West. Heslip moves the puck up the ice. Chula takes control. As he works it down into the corner, he cycles over to the far side inside the Canada East Territory. Picked off by Richard. Six and a half minutes remaining in the second period. 1-0 the score for Canada West as they put the puck back in deep. You know, I'm surprised that the score is so low. It's only 1-0 for the West with the quality of play that we've seen so far. uh, This goaltending has been outstanding. I think that's a big part of it. Both goaltenders have brought their A game here tonight. Both of them making some spectacular stops as Canada West try break out along the far boards. They get it to center ice where Frankie Beauregard dumps it right back in. As Wade Shepard takes control. Shepard wisely takes his time on the breakout here. Bates Serbu in deep and then moves it past him as Canada West flip it to the far side boards. But Beauregard right there again hammering it back inside Canada West territory. Teams exchanging puck possession. Julian Blay dumps it in. Delayed offside. Serbu had to wheel out. Now he gets, well he had possession but it's stripped away from him. And shot down the ice, down to our left. 5.25 remaining in the second period. Julian Blay wheels out from behind the goal. Bank pass to Fournazier. They still have possession as Blay picks up the trailing puck. 
Oh, he Ooh. gets cleaned out there by Kiefer Jones. That's an easy penalty call as Jones extending the arms. And that'll be a roughing call against the Calgary native. Got the stick up around uh, Fournassier's face and took him down heavily. So Canada East will head back to the power play. They couldn't generate much with their last man advantage, but they'll be trying to change that here as they send out Simone Richard, Alec Angus McKechn, Joseph Del Grande, and then two typical forwards playing the blue line as it's Rick Oriold and Mark DeMontis on the point. Keith Jones uh, getting two minutes for holding. Puck bouncing around. West cleared out to center. Could have been for attempted strangulation. <laughs> he did a pretty good number on him. Yeah, he's a Calgary boy. I think he's always been a wrestling fan. That was no. a pretty good clothesline there. Those, those Calgarians, they like to play rough. DeMontis <laughs> skating it out here for Canada East. 30 seconds already gone on the power play. But DeMontis, head of steam, tries to center it in front. Yuha makes the pay defensively. Richard plays it back to the point. There's the clean pass. Fed in front for Alec Angus McKechn, who rips it just wide of the near post. High slot, and he just missed the right side of, or the left side of the net. Yuha skating up the near side wing, dumps the puck in deep with 105 left here on the Canada East power play. They shoot the puck out to center, where it's corralled by Joseph Del Grande in front of his own bench. Poked off his stick, Canada East hammer it right back out. Kelly Serbu coming off the bench as he tries to track that loose puck. Serbu does well, feeds it over to Fornasier. Fornasier back to Serbu, shot right on. Oh, two huge saves by Weber as he covers the ice perfectly. Serbu was left alone. He got the initial shot that was stopped by Weber, and then he got his rebound, and again, Weber covered up to keep the puck out to keep the score 1-0 for the West. Tremendous goaltending here from both Lorne Weber and Joey Cabral, but right now Lorne Weber making some crucial saves to keep his team up 1-0 as we've got 3.59 left in the second period of play. Referees having a quick discussion here before they drop the puck. That gives the Canada players on both sides a chance to have a quick discussion here as Kelly Serbu and Jason Yuha no doubtably... uh, no doubt, uh, imparting some uh, knowledge on each other there. Actually finding out where the beer's the coldest <laughs> after the game. <laughs> Your room, my room, where are we going here? <laughs> That's probably more accurate, yeah. <laughs> the two will square off for the face-off. Serbu wins it to the hash marks, but quickly cleared down the ice. Scott Roberts racing after it. Great hustle from Wyatt Harvey to get there first. You know, Wyatt Harvey has impressed me so much. Year after year, he just keeps getting better and better. And this is maybe the best hockey he's ever played. Just a tremendous skater showing a lot of speed and hustle to get back to that puck. Wayne St. Dennis makes a good play to keep the puck in the zone. 18 seconds left on the man advantage. Julian Blade tries to wrap it in front. That one gets knocked away from Fornasier. And here goes Team Canada West shorthanded. Yuha, he's got Chula with him, makes the pass. Chula tries to sweep it back to Yuha. He's got Roberts there. Yuha shoots and he scores. Yeehaw, Yuha. It's 2 nothing for Canada West as Jake the Snake gets his second of the game. He uh, took the puck around the net and held it, held it, held it, froze the defense. Uh, the goaltender was out of position and he found the far corner. That's what makes him so dangerous. Once that pass gets established, 
There were two passing options in the slot for Yuha, but as you mentioned, Jim, he holds it and he holds it and he holds it a little bit longer yep. before eventually sniping one to make it 2 nothing. That's confidence. Yeah. So Canada East now in a hole here. They came back against Team USA earlier today. Can they get another comeback? Here goes DeMontis. Shoots and he scores. Oh, what a response from Team Canada East as they get a quick strike. Mark DeMontis puts them on the board after a beauty setup from Richard. Richard gets the line and makes a quick pass to DeMontis who is set free in, in alone in the slot and he puts it through the five hole of Weber to uh, get Canada East back in this game. It's now two to one and lots of hockey left to play. And let's remember that DeMontis was a part of that goal that was called back earlier. So some redemption there for Team Canada East and Mark DeMontis as they're now within one. Striking just seconds after Team West go up 2-0. Puck inside the Team Canada East zone. Jason Yuha feeds it down low behind the goal into the near side corner. DeMontis rims it back around to the far side. Kiefer Jones steps in from the point. His shot attempt from the half wall gets knocked down by Rick Oriold as he flips that across center. Nice job by Richard. He tracks it. Richard with possession for Canada East. He's got a player parked in front, but the stick tied up. So Richard just cycles out top. We've got one excited fan over here. <laughs> as Richard makes a good play there to keep the puck in the zone. Oh, what a block by Paul Schmold as he dives to get a piece of that shot from Richard. Canada West try cleared along the near boards. Good job by Gilles Ouellette to get it down the ice with 2.15 remaining in the period. That goal has given the East a lot of momentum. They're starting to take the play to the West now, looking for that equalizer. They've got some mojo here, and let's see if they can keep it going as Joseph Del Grande rims it to the near side, and Julian Blay tries to hold the zone. Blay battling there against his Hibu teammate, Ouellette, and it's Ouellette that gets the better of that sequence. Canada East put it back inside the West zone. If it has enough, they'll call it icing, and they do with a minute 48 left in the period. All of a sudden, the ice is tilting towards the Western net as the East starts to put the pressure on. That uh, goal by DeMontis has really given them a spark. West so, continues to lead 2-1. to one. We've got a scoring change on the Team West goal. Apparently, it was... Anthony Trula who scored, so maybe he deflected the shot from Yuha. But as it stands, it's Chu Chu Chula who gets the go-ahead goal, and DeMontis are striking back for Team East to get them back within one. Chula with the puck in the far corner has it poked off his stick by Beauregard, played back to the line where it's kept in by Shepard. A rolling puck can't get settled down by Chula, and now Fornasier takes it across center. Good pass to Serbu. Serbu takes the shot, rips that just wide of the near post. Far side hash marks. Nice play by Oriole to keep it in, but just as quickly it's fired down the ice. A foot race here between Roberts and Serbu. Serbu with the crafty play to lift the stick as he takes the puck up the middle of the ice now. 105 left in the period. Serbu drops it to Fornasier. His shot, good block there by Wade Shepard as he pins it up against the end boards. Referees tell him play the puck. It's pinned under him. Serbu wanting a call, and he's going to earn the penalty here as Shepard just throws his stick away. But, oh, that's some uh, 
undisciplined play by Wade Shepard to take that penalty. He was told to move the puck. He didn't do it, and uh, he's going to pay the price. He's going to shake his head. He'll still be smiling, though, that's for sure. Nothing takes the smile off Wade's face. But he's put his team in a tough spot now on the penalty kill with a one-goal lead and 52.4 seconds left in the period. So the East will uh, finish the second period with a power play and start the third with a power play unless they score. Well, and that's not out of the realm of possibility given the players that Coach Paul Cairns has put out there. He's got Simone Richard on the draw. Joe Fernazier will be playing the right wing. Kelly Serbu on the left. Wyatt Harvey and Mark DeMontis on the point. But once again, Team Canada West on the strength of Jason Uha, win the faceoff and creep puck down the ice. DeMontis wheeling out of his own zone. 39 seconds left in the period. Brings it across center, dumps it in deep to the far corner. Jones blew a tire and it's now picked up by Uha and he'll clear that down the length of the ice with 25 seconds remaining in the period. Wyatt Harvey tracks it to the near corner, chips it ahead as it's controlled by Richard. He dumps it off to Serbu. Serbu across center ice, 13 seconds left in the frame. Serbu driving wide, trying to cut to the goal. Harvey pinching in from the point. Seven seconds remaining here. Serbu makes the pass near side. Harvey receives it. His shot goes off a shin pad and behind the goal. And the buzzer sounds some great action to end the period. But it will end with Canada West up 2-1 to one over Canada East. Canada East putting on the pressure on the power play to end that period. Came up with a couple of close chances but uh, ran out of time. So the score remains 2-1. to one. The team's trading goals in that second period. So the West has the advantage going into the final 12 minutes of play. Canada East will start the third period with a minute 8 left on the power play. And a chance to equalize but they trail heading into the third period, although it seems like they've got some momentum on their side going forward. For more intermission analysis, let's send it back to Cam, Brock, Brett, and hey, even Jeff down at ringside, the boys from the neutral zone in AMI. Thank you very much, gentlemen. All right, guys, I know that when there's a goal denied, we can't change it, but we're asked to give analysis, so... Was it a good goal? Was it not? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I, di- I didn't get a great look at it. Uh, the net may have been off. My okay. eyes aren't uh, what they used to be. Uh, so sitting up here in the uh, heavens of the old Maple Leaf Gardens, it was a little bit hard to see. Uh, this is my uh, two cents worth. Nobody wants to go out on the limb and say whether it's a good goal or not. Come on, people. Well, Brock, was it a good goal or not? I think it was a good goal. Oh, Way to put your neck out on the line. Uh, yeah. I, you guys didn't join me, so, you know, I just, that's my prediction. All right, so we saw um, Canada West get out to a, uh, a 2-0 lead, a goal from uh, Anthony Chula, and then almost right away, uh, Canada East replied with uh, Mark DeMontis' goal, Gentlemen, if, if they didn't reply right away, could this game have been over, Brent? I, I think you could say that it could have been over. Above, but you got to uh, give credit where credit is due. Mark DeMontis, he is a beast. He is a warrior. He is no quit. He, In my opinion, he's the heart and soul of this Team Canada East. Cam? 
Yeah, and what can you say about DeMontis? Last game, he got absolutely rocked. I think he took a shift, maybe uh, two shifts off. And now he's back, and he's doing DeMontis-type things. So, um, But Canada West, um, you know, they hung in there. My prediction is, as far as Canada East uh, losing their legs, uh, that certainly doesn't seem to be happening. They seem to be, uh, in, at least in that period, uh, skating circles around the Canada West team. And you know what? I, I, I really I need to uh, apologize or uh, get something off my chest because I thought that the, this match between Joe Cabral and Lauren Weber was going to be one where Joe Cabral was going to be the guy that uh, everybody was watching because I, I thought personally he was the better goaltender. But Lauren Weber has really impressed me. From watching him last year to watching him this year, just absolutely night and day. Yeah, I think uh, Cabral is uh, trying to get Nico Cardarelli to uh, define him as the best goalie in the world. This guy has just stepped out. I agree about Lauren Weber as well. But man, goaltending has just been the story, guys. Why do we think this is? I think at the end of the day, it's the competition is so great here, and it is so quick, so fast. And you just get some games where the goalies, they're the MVPs, and that's what's happening in this game so far. They're making, you know, fantastic save after phenomenal save. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you're absolutely correct. The other thing that I noticed is there's been a lot of penalties in this whole tournament, in the two games you've watched. Mm-hmm. Why is this? You know, I go back to the experience that I had on the ice, and I, I think maybe the, the, they're holding their sticks a little bit too tight. They're not; they're afraid to make some mistakes, and when they, they're afraid to make mistakes, they end up making more mistakes, and, and it costs them in terms of penalties. So, yeah, yeah and it's been a pretty uh, tough game. Uh, you know, for a game that's supposed to not have uh, hitting, it seems, or it doesn't seem, there is a lot of hitting, uh, especially with, um, he was a Kiefer Jones. He had an absolute monster hit on somebody. He ended up having to go to the penalty box because of that. Uh, you know, they're going to have to stop the chippiness, and they're going to have to stop the big hits, and um, I think that's one way that they're going to stop going to the penalty box. Yeah, it's just nuts how much, uh, and it's not just... Uh incidental contact either it's it's oh it's full, full on. on contact we're gonna go ringside with jeff ryman as he's got an interview with anthony chula i'm standing here with uh team canada west forward anthony chula and you scored that second goal did you did you get a piece of that i didn't realize somehow, somehow tipped it uh, lucky bounce i guess either way we scored that's what matters doesn't matter who got it yeah, and this is also uh, the first game of the tournament for you guys. You already know that Team Canada East won earlier today. We, I asked Mark DeMontis this question earlier. Canada East versus Canada West. I know you guys would probably really like to be playing together as a whole, as a team, uh, going against the Team USA. But is this for bragging rights here a little bit? Oh, definitely. There's a little bit of chirping going on in the ice. And uh, I think everyone wants to come out on top and, more importantly, wants to make a good impression to the management staff ahead of summer camp. So... It's a really good pace out there, yeah. And uh, one last question before I let you go. You're in Toronto, you're from out west. Uh, any big plans for the big city of Toronto tonight? Uh, get some sleep. <laughs> Are you sure? Probably. Are you serious about this? I like it. Thanks so much, Anthony. Thank you.
I love the honesty there of the uh, get some sleep. On that note, we're going to take a break right here on AMI-audio Live. We are covering the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. Stay with us for third period action and more analysis right after this. Welcome back to AMI-audio's live coverage of the 2019 Canadian Blind Hockey Championships. I am joined by Brett and Cam. Gentlemen, we're about to get ready for the third period. What is the game plan? Game plan for Team Canada West is just keep playing their game. You're going to make a couple of mistakes, but if you keep playing the way you're playing, keep the pedal down, you're going to end up winning. Cam? Yeah, as far as uh, Canada East, they seem to be uh, going still at a high clip. So let's see if they can keep this going for the third period. I think they had a lot of good opportunities in the second period, a lot more than the West did. And let's see if they can uh, pull this out. Yeah, I believe uh, Mark DeMontis uh, gave Canada, Canada East the legs that they may need to um, get through this third period. I'm looking forward to a um, really great third period, and hopefully we can see a little less penalties and a little more five-on-five uh, five, uh, play because we've seen a lot of that. I'm really looking forward to five-on-five five play. And I just love the ringside interviews that we're getting. It's been great. With that, we're going to send it back to Nico Cardarelli and the broadcast team. Guys, take it away. Guys, thank you very much. Great job by the Neutral Zone crew, and we're so happy to have AMI on board once again as a presenting sponsor. As you're tuned in to the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament, we're streaming to you live from the former Maple Leaf Gardens, and we've got a barn burner of a game going on here heading into the third period. It's Team Canada East trailing Team Canada West by a score of 2-1, to one, but Team Canada East will start this third period with a minute eight remaining on the power play. Critical for them to get off to a big start. The, uh, the, the goal that they scored in that second period gave them momentum, and they started to take the play to the west, but they ran out of time, obviously, and now it's a chance for them to pick up where they left off and uh, get that equalizer. Well, Team Canada East ready. They're on the ice. Team Canada West hasn't even come out of the locker rooms yet, so... Maybe a little bit of extra strategy being talked by the Team Canada West coaching staff uh, consisting of head coach Jeff Street and the assistant coaches Joey Alley and Sean Cowie as I'm sure they're trying to figure out how to defend this lead for the final 12 minutes. Jeff, what's the attitude of the East as they came onto the ice? I was just going to say they're pretty loose. Joey and the coaching staff were having a good laugh at something, so they're pretty loose right now, and I think that's a good thing coming into this third period. They're down 2-1. to one. They need a goal, and uh, it'll be fun to see how they uh, come out because they had a pretty good finish to that second period. I thought they uh, really started to find their legs, especially Mark DeMontis, who seemed to really carry things from the back end. As Of, of course, we've alluded to, he scored that, that first and only goal for 
uh, Team Canada East. And I wonder how crucial that no goal will actually be coming into uh, this third period. What was the reaction on the bench, Jeff, when that uh, goal was disallowed? I think it was a little bit of shock. I don't think they realized that it was no goal. Even uh, for me, I, I, I didn't really know. And then uh, they, the ref came over, talked to the coach, and said the net was off before they uh, even got into the zone. So uh, I think Team Canada East was a little bit surprised by that. And I think they're a little bit disappointed and upset. I mean, they have every right to be because... Uh, they were arguing, why wouldn't there have been a whistle beforehand? Why didn't they whistle it dead while, uh, uh, you know, well before they had that 2-1-0 break? So uh, a little bit of disappointment, but it, it's nice to see how they came out. And uh, they finished the period strong, so I wonder if that momentum will ride into period number three. It has to ride into the per third period for them if they want to make a hockey game of it. It's only 2-1. to one. It's a one-goal one game and 12 minutes to go. Your coaching staff for Team Canada East, consisting of Paul Cairns, Wade Del Grande, and Joe Cowboy McCallion, as we get you set for the third period of play. Team Canada East, Team Canada West. The puck is dropped, and we're underway as Scott Roberts knocks that one down out of midair. Bringing up the right wing, the drop pass intended for Chula. That gets picked off. Puck played to the near side corner. 55 seconds remaining on the Team Canada East power play. Simone Richard digs it off the wall, tries to advance it up to Serbu, but that's picked off by Mark Benz. As the puck knocked down by Serbu, he brings it across the blue line. Draw pass to Richard. Richard takes the shot, and he scores! Just 32 seconds into the period, Team Canada East tie it on the power play, and Simone Richard finds pay dirt with that shot that goal actually started at the blue line with the smart play by Serbu to slow things down and to deliberately wait for his teammates to catch up to him as they cross the line it was a three-on-one a perfect pass from Serbu to Richard and he finds the top corner tie game well that didn't take him very long and maybe that speaks to the swagger and the kind of looseness that they had on the bench they were feeling confident and they tie the game Early here in the third. And now Joe Fornasier picks up the puck as he brings it inside the Canada West zone. Dumping it down behind the goal. Picked up by Julien Blay. He works along the near side hash marks. Plays it back to the point for Wyatt Harvey. His shot attempt knocked down by Gilles Ouellette as it's played out to center ice. Bit of a tie up there between Serbu and Harvey. Harvey taking a bit of a knock and he had some choice words for the official about the no call. Marty Dufour plays the puck off the near side boards and inside the east zone. Wyatt Harvey tries to smack it out. It's pinned down by Gilles and played over to the far side corner where it's corralled by Kelly Serbu. Serbu dumps the puck in, but Wade Shepard knocks it down. Shepard fires it back inside Canada East territory as the team's just exchanging puck possession at the moment. Canada East with the jump right now. As Willette works it up the left wing, he's got Yuha parked in front. Three yellow jerseys converging to intercept that pass. Wyatt Harvey, he's got some room to skate here along the wing. P pokes it forward a little bit out of his reach. And now Canada West able to knock it out past center ice. Gary St. Dennis, nice job to outmuscle Jason Yuha on that play as it's corralled by Wade Shepard. 9.55 to go in the third period. If we're tied, we will go to overtime. We'll have a five-minute four-on-four overtime. And if we're still tied, 
Then we'll go to double-eye chef rules shootout. So five shooters, and then after the first five, you can select the same shooter over and over again as Team Canada West try work it out here. Anthony Chula, he's pinned up along the near boards. Nice job by Wayne St. Dennis, who was featured in a publication recently as part of Bob McKenzie's Hockey Heroes book. As Heslip's uh, shot into the near corner, Chula has it behind the goal, poked away from him by Simone Richard. Richard banks it off the boards, not out initially. Good second effort there by Gary St. Dennis to clear it down the ice. Complete line change for Team Canada. East. At this point. I was just going to say, which one? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know if you remember when the NHL changed their all-star format. They went to the world against North America. Right. And Harry Neal at one point said, the world is changing. <laughs> and, and that line has always stuck out with me. It's, it's just a good laugh. Anyways, as Team Canada West banked the puck out. Nice work there by Heslip to get it down the length of the ice. Don't think it's going to have enough for icing. Oh, it just crosses the line, so we'll get a whistle with 8.28 left in the third. Harry Neal, what a character he was when he was doing hockey. He saved my life in New York at Madison Square Garden one night. Come on. We used to do the uh, intermission segments in the Zamboni area where the Zamboni came on and off the ice. <laughs> okay. And we were the two of us were standing there. I was, had my back to the ice. He was facing the ice. Uh-huh. And he kept on looking over my shoulder, looking over my shoulder as we were talking. All of a sudden, he grabbed me, pulled me aside. He said, look out. And the Zamboni <laughs> came flying through. I said, Harry, you just saved my life. Oh, that's incredible. Shot from the point off the stick of Alec Angus McKechn gets knocked down by Jason Yuha. As Scott Roberts crawls, it makes the pass into Yuha. Tries to tuck it home, but Cabral had the net covered perfectly. Serbu wrestles it away from Yuha, and then he'll send that down the length of the ice. Yuha tried to go low on Cabral, but he had that corner covered, and uh, Yuha just couldn't get the puck up, and uh, the score remind, remains tied at two. Rick Oriold feeds it off the boards to the near side wing, intended for Julien Blay, but Yuha comes in and separates that play. Yuha receives the pass from Roberts on the wrong side of the blue line, so no clean pass. Ooh, Serbu gets dumped there. A bit of an awkward collision with Paul Schmold. No call. Play continues on. Serbu talking to the referee as he leaves the ice. Well, we've seen some calls for less as Rick Oriold ends up crashing awkwardly into the boards in front of the Team Canada West bench, but he pops back up and he seems to be okay. Julianne Blay with the puck, near side hash marks, takes it down low into the corner, makes the pass to Simone Richard. He gets hammered off the puck there by Gilles Ouellette, as those two have a bit of a word. And now it's Richard who brings it back into the zone, but he didn't realize Blay was offside. So we get a whistle with seven left in the third. They're having a little chat down on the blue line. I'll get you this time, but I'll get you next time. <laughs> well, those two players have skated a lot over the past year, both members of Le Bou de Montreal's program and a big part of their program. And on the bench throughout the weekend here, Robert Gignac. As there's a shot from Richard, DeMontis buries the rebound! And a sweet selly there from DeMontis, whether he meant it or not. He sprawls out as he puts his team up. Three to two. Simone Richard, the man on that play, kept the puck in the West zone and uh, took the shot. The re- rebound came to DeMontis, 
and he slid it under the sprawled goaltender Weber. And uh, the East has now taken the lead 3-2. to These are the comeback kings. They were trailing the United States before they uh, came alive, and now they have scored uh, two unanswered goals to take the lead. He's the man of a million nicknames. You may know him as Mark John. You may know him as Demo, but Mark DeMontis puts his team back in front here 3-2. Timeout called by the West. Discussion going on at center ice. I believe that's Kelly Servu complaining about the the non-call when he was taken out of the play. Maybe not. Well, he's certainly yes, it is stating a case for something. Yeah, Serbu. Yeah, he's uh, he's not too happy. Official. He's gotten taken out a couple of times throughout the game. I think in all three periods actually, and uh, he's been pretty upset. So he's been <laughs> talking to the refs. The West trying to uh, gather their composure mm. after the East has come back with uh, two very very quick goals to not only tie but to take the lead in the third period. Again, as we mentioned earlier, this would be a huge win for the East. They've already got a victory under yeah. their belts against Team USA. So uh, this would put them in great shape in this round-robin segment. Team Canada East will be back in action tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern as they get set to take on Team USA once again. And Team Canada West will play at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern. But yes... A potential huge three points on the line here for Team Canada East now that they lead 3-2. to two. 6.45 remaining here in the third period of play as they move the puck up the right wing into the zone. Serbu receives the pass, tries to drive towards the goal. Nice job by Kiefer Jones to stand tall and eventually crashed into his goaltender, but he stopped Serbu from driving to the net there. The net eventually comes off its mooring, so the play is blown dead. But uh, hard work by Serbu, driving to the net, looking for that uh, insurance marker for the East. Should mention that both of those games are on AMI tomorrow as well. And again, we're so thrilled to have AMI here at the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament as one of our two presenting sponsors, one of our two presenting partners. And it's so great to have the whole crew on board here from Andy Frank to Marco Flalo, everybody behind the scenes at AMI doing a great job. Servu with the puck, takes it off the post. Far side, Joseph Del Grande can't quite jam it home. Close play by Servu. He had lots of time to get that puck away, and he had the spot picked. He wanted to go top corner, but he got the post instead. Anthony Chulo with it here as he goes across center for Team Canada West. Tries to split the D. Rick Oriold sniffs that play out. As Serbu has it poked away from him by Wade Shepard. They try center it in front for Shepard, who's getting a shift up at forward now. And that's good because, well, he was pretty good up there at Westerns alongside Jason Uha. Puck back inside the Team West zone as that's Mark Bent smacking it out across center ice. Picked up now by Joe Fernasier. He brings it into the zone. Tries to drop it over to Richard. That pass gets picked off. Chula leads it up to Yuha. Back to Chula who gives it to Yuha. Nice play to bring it into the zone. They still have to make a clean pass in the zone. But Wide Harvey does well to strip it away and then clear it across center. That's why you, know, you don't see if a guy's going in on a breakaway, you won't see him take a shot because he has to get that clean pass away. So if they're going in on a one-on-one or a breakaway, they're always looking for the trailer to make sure they get that clean pass before they can take a shot. 
Richard with the puck in the far corner, tries to lift it out. Kiefer Jones does well to pinch in from the point and hold the line, but seconds later, it's shot inside the West zone. Mark Bentz, first on it for Team West. 4.55 remaining in the third period. They've got to find some go now that they're trailing 3-2. Yuha, he can't get it past... I think that was Serbu there. Yeah, good play by Serbu to hold the line as Harvey gets it inside the blue line. Wyatt Harvey's shot from the line goes over to the far corner where it's Jason Yuha banking it off the glass but not past Alec Angus McKechn. Big play there. Serbu takes a shot. Good block by Mark Bentz. And now a chance for Jason Yuha to wheel up the lane. Heslip makes the pass to Yuha. Heslip going towards the net. The yellow jersey's picking up the trailer. Yuha still nearly fed that pass through a sea of three yellow jerseys. Shot down the ice. It's not going to have enough for icing. So Paul Schmold tracks back with 4.05 left here in regulation. Enough time for Team Canada East to make a complete change. Get fresh legs out there. As Anthony Chula makes the pass near side for Scott Roberts. Roberts returns it to Chula. Chula nearly tripped up, continues on, tries to feed it in front. Where is it? It's in the far corner. Kiefer Jones makes the pass to Chula. He tries to cycle out to the high slot, drop pass to Jones at the right point. Kiefer plays it off the boards down into the far corner where DeMontis, battling there against Chula, makes a good defensive play with three and a half minutes remaining in the third period. Rashard gets dumped up. That's going to be a penalty. Scott Roberts doesn't like the call, but he's headed to the box for two or less. You know, Oriol is, uh, I think, right now is the unsung hero of this of this uh, East team for the play he just made in front of Cabral. It looked like the West was going to have a great chance, but uh, Oriold was there and uh, cleared the puck and actually helped Cabral make a big save to keep the puck out of the net and retain the lead. 3.26 remaining in the third period of play. Team Canada East leading 3-2, and they're headed to the power play here as Scott Roberts, the Vancouver native, in the box. Getting some great comments on the chat thread. Let's give a shout-out to Nathbo, to Audrey, to the Del Grande family, and Jason cheering on Team West from Roslyn. Serbu wins the faceoff. Back to the point for Wyatt Harvey. His shot gets blocked by Jason Yuha. Yuha just getting down on all fours and blocking that shot to clear the zone. Potential shorthanded break here as Wade Shepard makes the pass over to Yuha. Yuha trying to work his way out front. Let's the shot go. Wyatt Harvey gets his body on that. They still dig away. What a save by Cabral. Second chance. The net comes off its pegs. And we'll get a stoppage and... Well, they were sort of pointing at the defenseman who took the net off, but I don't think anything more is coming out of that, just a stoppage in play. The West starting to play with a little desperation, less than three minutes to go. They need that goal to tie it up and hopefully force overtime, but uh, Cabral standing tall in that net again, coming up with a big save when necessary. Cabral has brought his A game just as... Lauren Weber has as well for Team Canada West. It's a goaltending duel, and... If not for those two keepers, it would be a higher scoreline. But it remains 3-2 for Team Canada East as Jason Yuha nearly with an equalizer there. Although I don't think the clean pass had been made yet. Now it's made. Yuha takes it at the top of the circles. Checked well by the youngster Fornasier. And now they're able to clear the zone as Julien Blais streaks after that loose puck. 
Makes the pass to Fornasier. Gets around the defender. Tries to flip it on goal, but Shepard there to get his body in the way of that shot. Yuha, Fornasier, and Shepard battling for the puck. It's Shepard who flips it out front to Yuha. 53 seconds remaining on the Canada East power play. 2.15 remaining in the third period. Oh, a penalty coming here to Rick Oriold as he laid the body on Chula going into the zone. So that'll do it for the East power play and Team West catching a break here with 2.09 left to play. Well, Oriold going to the box. Let's hope the uh, hero doesn't turn into a goat. Uh, He's a gritty player and he definitely disagrees with that call. Tough sequence there as he really didn't have any space to react. But he gets ticketed for the body contact. And we'll have 44 seconds of four-on-four hockey before Team West get a power play. Body checking the call against Rick Orioles. Of course, there is no checking allowed in blind hockey, but there is bodily contact. You can't avoid it. But you can't purposely set out to take somebody out. Just like women's hockey, and the CWHL is having their awards banquet here in this facility tonight. And a big shout-out to that league, and we pay homage to them here at this tournament with our youth teams being named after the Toronto Furies and the Markham Thunder. But here go Team Canada West as they bring the puck into the zone. Paul Schmold tries to feed it over to Yuha. That's broken up. Kelly Serbu tracks it. And a potential break here. Serbu's got Fornasier with him. Makes the pass. Shot right on. Oh, a huge save from Weber. And bookmark that if Canada West can equalize. What a great save by Weber. Just timing that save perfectly as the perfect setup by Serbu. As he brings the puck back into the zone for Canada East. He's got Wyatt Harvey as an option. As well as Fornasier. Harvey shoots off the mask. Play continues on as that shot attempt then gets blocked. Canada West now on the power play. Oh! Weber dives across and makes another save. Crucial stop with a minute 11 left in the third. What great pressure by Canada East on Canada West. But uh, Weber coming up tall. Just three or four fabulous saves to keep the puck out of the net and stay within one goal. Time running out, just a minute 11 left to go in the third period. The East leading the West 3-2. to two. And the West now on the power play for the next minute three as Yuha gets set to take the defensive zone draw. A rare loss there by Yuha, but they still get the puck out of the zone. As they lead the break up the right wing. Chula has it poked away from him by Wyatt Harvey, who continues to impress defensively. Great defensive play by Harvey right at the blue line to take that pass away and keep it out of the zone. Final minute of play. Pass just off the stick of Yuha. Controlled here by Wade Shepard. Passed over to Gilles Ouellette. Top of the faceoff circle. Over to the far faceoff dot. Yuha tries to... Get an open shooting lane. Nothing doing yet. 40 seconds remaining. Wade Shepard makes the pass to Scott Roberts. Near side faceoff dot. Roberts fires one. A big block as they try clear it. Richard shoots it down the ice. It's not going to have enough for icing. And with just 25 seconds remaining, Team West have really got to get some urgency here. Cabral with a big save with the blocker as they clear the zone. Scott Roberts. Draw pass intended for Yuha. Broken up by Richard. Yuha tracks it once again. No clean pass yet. Ten seconds left. 
That's going to do it. Fornasier skates it up out of the box. Comes Oriol. A chance to bury it. And he does. With 1.6 seconds left. Well, the Toronto Ice Owls connection ices this game for Team Canada East. As the youngster sets up the veteran, Oriol finishes it off. And it's 4-2. What a killer. Oriol out of the box, taking a perfect feed and going top shelf to make it a 4-2 hockey game. As time runs out, that is it. What a big, huge win for the East. You can't get a much more exciting finish than that end-to-end action. Team West may be feeling a little hard done by that they couldn't close this out. But full credit to Team Canada East. They battle back from a 2-0 deficit, have one goal called back, and they still find a way to win this game 4-2. A great hockey game for Team East. Very well played at both ends of the ice. I thought the West was was just tremendous. They, the way they started, I thought that uh, Team Canada East was really going to have their hands full, mm. and they did. I mean, there was some, some great end-to-end action throughout the course of this match. And uh, for Team Canada East to come out on top, it's uh, especially playing their second Team game of the day is was, was really credit to them. So Team Canada East start perfect here on day number one of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. They take both of their games, coming back in both games for the victory as Team USA and Team Canada West will face off in a big matchup tomorrow at 11 a.m. Both teams hungry for their first win of the tournament. Well, Jim, I got to say, it's been a real pleasure working with you here today. I can't thank you enough for coming out and being a part of the broadcast. Thank you very much, Nico. It has been an absolute pleasure for me. I have loved today. Uh, These two games that I saw have uh, opened a a whole new appreciation for me, not only for the sport of hockey, but for blind hockey as well. The the quality of play that I've seen here today is just outstanding, and uh, you did a great job, and thanks for carrying me with you. Oh, thank you very much. Anytime you want to come ride shotgun with us, anytime you want to come to blind hockey, you are more than welcome welcome you're a friend of the program so Absolutely. thank you for being here thank today. you so much well the teams shake hands and that'll do it for the action on the ice wrapping up day number one at the 2019 canadian national blind hockey tournament to wrap everything up let's send it back to the boys from the neutral zone and ami who have done a great job all day long boys take it away thank you nico and jim well boys what can you say a really good game really good end to the game uh 4-2 victory. What are the thoughts as we close off today? You know, this just proves that it that you have to play 48 minutes, sorry, not 48 minutes, but 36 minutes of hockey from start to finish in order to win a hockey game. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it takes a lot to get in. I think that uh, you know, I'm a man, and I can admit when I was wrong, and I was wrong. Canada East, they seem to play, um, like, from the first period, I didn't think they were going to have their legs, and as the game grew and as the game went on, they just seemed to get better and better. And that third period, they just completely outplayed Canada West. Okay, we're going to go down to see Jeff Ryman. Jeff? Yeah, guys, I'm standing here with Wyatt Harvey, one of the defensemen for Team Canada East. Wyatt, you guys obviously played earlier today. How did your legs feel heading into this one? Well, to be honest, I felt great going into the game. First period didn't really go the way we expected it to, but 
we just stuck with our game, persevered, blocked a lot of shots out there, got a lot of bruises for tomorrow, but we'll reset and take on the U.S. tomorrow. I noticed you blocked a lot of shots. You were obviously very engaged with your legs, so it looked like you were pretty fresh anyways. Uh, you were number 89, although I thought you looked like a number 88. Brent Burns, do you model your game after anybody? Honestly, not really. I only switched to defense a couple years ago. I played a bit in minor hockey growing up, and with Team Canada, Paul Karens decided to put me back on the back end just because I kind of knew the position, and it just kind of all worked out. And like I just previously mentioned, you guys already have two wins in this tournament. That's pretty big heading into after just the first day. So heading into tomorrow, what's the game plan tonight? Are you guys going to just take it easy? Are you guys just going to rest up maybe uh, or go out? Or what's the game plan? What are you guys going to do? Tonight I'm probably going to do some hot-cold therapy. Going into tomorrow, we're just going to reset. We're not 2-0, and we're 0-0. and Try and get win against the States and game by game. All right, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, well, that, that wraps the end of our day today. I just wanted to let you know that we begin our coverage uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. as Canada West takes on the United States. I got a whole bunch of thank yous. Nico Cardarelli, Jim Van Horn, Jeff Ryman, uh, Cam and Brett, Mark Aflalo, Nick Lisk, Sam Robinson, Andy Frank. We look forward to talking, to talking to you tomorrow as we continue day number two of the Canadian National Blind Hockey Championships. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. 
The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.